Between the pages, a history lies. Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park is made up of 60,000 acres of massive trees, rolling mountains, fabled shores, and everlasting memories. Also known as the Porkies, this western upper peninsula destination prides itself on the ideals of true, natural wilderness beauty and keeping Michigan's largest state park as wild as possible. Though a good deal of this place is a primitive area, evidence of human activity is not absent. In fact, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources has tucked 23 rustic backcountry cabins or yurts into this stunning landscape, which are nestled into some truly beautiful places. Upon arrival to an empty cabin, each visitor likely feels the initial excitement at the start of a new adventure. The faint smell of wood smoke soon wafts from the small metal stove that sits in the corner. A neat stack of dry firewood towers to its side. The scuffed wooden floor supports a few sets of bunk beds and a small, well-worn wooden table. Somewhere in each of these cabins there is a beaten up old book. Not the one filled with the brochures and instructions on how to navigate the park, but the one full of the first-hand history of this tiny place surrounded by so much wild. As is the case at state parks across Michigan, the cabin logbook is somewhat of a secret treasure here at the Porcupine Mountains. Each visitor who reserves a stay in one of the cabins has the option to write his or her story. With 23 cabins and yurts across a span of 76 years, the park has gathered quite the collection of books and stories. Within the pages of these books is the history of the park written by the people who took the time to enjoy it. What do complete strangers write in these books? The answer is not so simple, with so many different ages, personalities, backgrounds, and viewpoints contributing, the content is broad. A very common theme is the individual adventures. What types of critters scurried by on their hike in? What was packed for a meal or a little insight about themselves? Most stories are of good times, while others had a bit more traumatizing stay. One entry from 1992 with the Lily Pond Cabin reads, We had three visitors this morning. Three very cute and comical otters were playing by the dam. I took 20 pictures and they wanted more. So hopefully they will come back to meet the next people. The sun is rising over the lake and it's a beautiful morning. A visitor to the Greenstone Cabin in 1984 wrote, my six-month-old fell out of the backpack head first when my husband bent over to grab my three-year-old who was falling down the bank. Am I having a good time, you ask? Many authors in the Porky's logbooks like to write to the strangers that will be coming in behind them. A lot of times they give advice from experience learned or knowledge they deem worth sharing. Some authors have burning confessions, honest apologies, or a Simple heads up to the next night's residence. The wildflowers are so beautiful. Be prudent in picking them. Let enough flowers stay to carry the seeds and continue to keep these woods full of nature's variety. Whitetail Cabin, 1991. Sorry about the burnt popcorn smell. There's an explanation for that. We burnt the popcorn. Expert backpackers, you know. Greenstone Cabin, 
1984. We tried some freeze-dried powdered eggs. They're awful. Chili Mac is great though. Lake of the Clouds Cabin, 2008. I'm avoiding to tell my brother that I lost one of his tackle spoons. I'm notorious for decorating trees with spinners and whatnot. Greenstone Cabin, 1984. My sister puked outside, so don't step in it. Had some marshmallows. Very hot in here, especially on the top bunk, so sleep on the bottom. Had a relaxing weekend. Went cross-country skiing a lot. Saw deer. More deer poop than deer. Don't step in that either. Whitetail Cabin, 1992. Humans thrive on telling tales. Many myths are started by word-of-mouth stories passed down through generations that are then put down on paper and become legends. The visitors to the Porky's cabins have crafted several legends over the years. One example is the tale of a large mouse in the Buckshot cabin. He was fitted with the name Grizzly Mouse the Good Old Buckshot Bear, and he terrorized the cabin in the late 1970s. Many visitors wrote of sighting or of hearing the mouse rustling in the night. Others shared advice on how to outwit him to thwart his plans of stealing food or precious supplies. If taken good advice of past dwellers to buckshot, put food under pails and pots. Grizzly won't get your food. Then he will get discouraged and leave. Buckshot Cabin, 1977. Doug told Steve the legend of the little log house and the ferocious field varmint named Grizzly the Mouse. We slept through the night with both terror and fright because Grizzly the Mouse had threatened to bite. Buckshot Cabin, 1978. Cabin users have expressed themselves in ways other than storytelling, including poetry, music, and art. Here's a sample from the greenhouse cabin in 1986. We stayed in this wilderness camp. Without rain, we didn't get damp. Saw no bears, it doesn't matter. Ate lots of food, we all got fatter. We love it in the Porcupine Mountains. Too bad there aren't more freshwater fountains. A Mirror Lake two-bunk cabin visitor offered this from 1992. I feel fine. Talking about peace of mind, I'm gonna take my time living the good life. Another theme running through the guest logbook is people yelling at previous cabin renters about being slobs, critiquing each other on their backpacking methods, or long entries that highlight very many rules that are broken. Dogs in cabins, cutting down trees, too many people, etc. These complaints, perhaps a precursor to today's social media posts, date back in the logbooks as far as the 1960s. People come from all over the world to stay in the park's little cabins in the woods. They come for many reasons. Solitude, adventure, or building bonds with family and friends. For most cabin users through the years, there seems to be a common denominator. No matter if they were staying for a week, for a single night, that empty room with a bed and a stove becomes a home. And just like home, one is sad to go, but many leave behind the promise of return because they've fallen in love with this wild, adventurous place. 
A visitor to the Buckshot cabin in 1977 summed it up nicely. I finally feel at ease with the world. Free from tension and anxiety, free from all worldly pressures I must face in my everyday struggle. Yes, I have found my place, a place where I can belong. But why must I leave? And when can I return? For more information on Porcupine Mountains Wilderness State Park, its cabins and yurts, trails and more, visit michigan.gov slash porkies.